Hello, and welcome to the Dating Counselor Podcast. My name is Lonnie Harmon. I'll be your host today, and we're going to talk all things compatibility. Compatibility, this, you know, ambiguous idea of are we a good fit for each other? And if we are, do opposites attract? Are we supposed to be more alike than not? What is it that actually makes a good fit for a long-term match? I know you've asked these questions. I know you've talked about this with your friends or family, and I know you've seen relationships where you're like, well, clearly they are not compatible. And you've seen other relationships where you're like, they are so opposite, but they work. So what is it? What is it that makes it work? What makes you compatible with someone? Listen in, you're going to find out. We're going to start this discussion on compatibility by how do you know if you're not compatible with someone? Compatibility with someone can be about interests, hobbies, the way you spend your time, that kind of thing. But it can also be a vibe that you're just not feeling with someone, meaning that you are not psychologically attracted to them or their scent or kind of their mode of operation, their emo, like how they live their life and their swagger and all those kinds of things. Most of the times, it's just that you're butting heads, like about big things, about little things, but it's that your values and your goals, they're just not lined up. And it could be that they're not lined up because maybe one or both of you don't have them. That means in order to know that you're not compatible with someone, one of the things that you have to figure out first and foremost is what you believe, what are your values and what are your goals. So let's pause there for a second and talk about that. In order to know if you're compatible with someone, the first step is actually knowing yourself. So one of the number one reasons that you could be coming up as being not compatible with somebody again and again would be that you're maybe mirroring. You're picking up what their hobbies are, what their interests are, and you're not finding out what your own hobbies and interests are, uh, what your values are, and what it is that you want in life. When you're mirroring someone, uh, you may think, oh, I'm just, you know, trying something new. Trying something new would involve doing this new thing for two or three times, or, you know, tasting a new food, or trying new restaurants. Um, Mirroring would be not necessarily truly taking an opportunity to decide if you actually like the taste of the food at the restaurant or the ambiance of the restaurant, that you truly enjoy the preparations that go into that activity, the performance of the activity that, uh, and the wrap up, not doing your work, your due diligence to figure out for yourself if you like those things. You need to know yourself, but we're also these evolving creatures. So it can be that you say, most of the time I enjoy hiking, or you could say, I love to be outdoors. I love short hikes, Um, or I'm interested in adventure sports, but I would never go bungee jumping. So you can kind of have your boundaries, uh, you know, against what things that you maybe know you're you're not interested in trying or doing. But as you're growing and exploring, figuring out new ways to make yourself fun and inventive. The opportunity that you have here is to present yourself as someone who is a known person by being known by yourself. This is how you're putting your dating profile. This is when people say, what do you kind of music do you like to listen to? What kind of eggs do you like? Uh, What kind of places do you like to travel? Do you like to travel? 
all of these questions that make you unique and distinctive and are yours. So what makes you uncompatible? Well, maybe the, the, these things don't line up. That's unfortunate. It's really sad when things don't work out. But when you know that you're not compatible with someone, one of the best things you can say is, I appreciate the opportunity I've had to get to know you. I don't feel like we're a good fit and let the relationship go. Don't keep trying to force your compatibility to be together and, you know, put yourself in a, in a place where that just isn't going to work out. That's just not going to be helpful for you and it's not going to be helpful for them. Okay, so we've got that out of the way. We know what makes you not compatible with someone. Your values, your beliefs, your interests, hobbies, that ways you want to spend your time, they just don't line up. You can look at that through the length of time between, I would say, three dates to six months. And you're just figuring out over the course of time, like, we just don't feel like a good fit. We're arguing more than not. We're not spending time together. I don't feel like my life is enhanced or better with you in it. Those are some things that make it obvious that you are not compatible with each other. And you just let each other go with love and light. Appreciate the time you spend together and know I'm so proud of myself. We tried and lovingly let them go. Okay, so what does make you compatible? I'm going to give you an acronym that's going to be really, really helpful. And then we're going to break it down. So come on back. Okay, I want to give you the best acronym that I have found to really give a good evaluation about compatibility. The compatibility acronym is RISES, R-I-S-E-S. Write that down on a piece of paper, put a little note in your phone, RISES, R-I-S-E-S. This is a way that you can kind of think about how to structure your dating when you're getting to know somebody and also how to self-identify what you like and what's important to you. The first one is recreational. R is recreational. You're looking at recreational compatibility in ways that you want to spend your time, basically your leisure time. So this is your time outside of work. If you're lucky enough, maybe this is also what you do for work, but your leisure time just is the free time that you spend away from like your everyday responsibilities, your tasks, work, that kind of thing. Uh, so people like to go for walks. They like to be outdoors and hike. They like to swim or bike, uh, read, play board games, travel. These are some of the things that constitute recreational interests. And so recreational compatibility would be how important is this particular recreational activity to me? And do I long to have a companion to do this with? I have seen many clients before that have said, I really enjoy hiking and I want to find my hiking buddy. Or I really enjoy running and I want to find my running buddy. Sometimes they say, I enjoy running, but I just want to find somebody that would be willing to cheer me on from the stands or, you know, be willing to drive with me to the race and help keep my time. And that compatibility isn't that we're running side by side, but just that I have someone cheering me on. Sometimes compatibility can look like I want someone to be able to give me the space to be able to go for a long bike ride by myself and kind of rejuvenate and that they that I come home and that they you know aren't mad at me they're not resentful of me and that they appreciate my efforts to stay fit that way uh, it, it just kind of has to be self-defined what that looks like but the opportunity here is to figure out what it is that you like to do for fun inside your leisure time and then just decide is this something that's really important to me and if so 
looking for a companion or partner that does has that same interest. And if it's not, to not necessarily lead out with that. Let's say again, you're you're really into running and your online dating profile is just you basically at like one picture of you sitting on a bench and the rest of you where you're, you know, running your triathlon or something. Well, that looks as though to the outside person that this is what your life is made up of. And they may think to themselves, well, I don't run triathlons. And so I'm not going to swipe on this person because I don't think we would be compatible. And so what you're showing them is that this is highly important to you because these are the photos you've chosen to represent your life and to demonstrate to them. So you want to be careful in your photo selection and maybe also add in your in your words like, looking for someone to cheer me on or help me keep time as I run triathlons once a year (laughs) or whatever that might be. So it gives more people an opportunity to say, oh, that could fit me or that does not fit me. When you notice that you're getting like a certain type of person or personality that's swiping on you, you might ask yourself, what is my profile sharing with people? Because if this isn't the type of person that I'm interested in, why does this type of person being attracted to my profile? What is it that I'm sharing that's maybe making me too generic or unapproachable or something like that? And quite often our profiles, our online profiles are just thick with recreational activities. And if there's not a recreational compatible approach or or look on that, then you're going to find yourself in a little bit of a pickle when it comes to matches. The next one we want to look at on rises is intellectual. The I is intellectual. Intellectual compatibility, we're talking about how are you thinking about the world? What is it that is interesting to you about history, religion, politics, art, music, culture, all of these things? How does this person think about the world? Some people are highly intellectual in the right brain. Some people are highly intellectual in the left brain. Some people have a good balance. And the first question again is, how important is this area to me? Do I need someone to be able to talk with me about politics over dinner every single day and have very strong opinions? Do I need someone that is neutral? Do I need someone that is really well-versed in music? Because that's what I do. I spend my days doing music and I need someone who's at least interested in music. You kind of look at your interests and the way that you think and, you know, these are the stories you're interested in online. This is the news articles that you're following. This is the way that you're, you structure and you're thinking things. Think about how you do and frame those things. And then you're looking for a compatible match in that way, or maybe looking for someone to challenge you or increase your, your level of understanding in that way. That's can be a common thing. One thing that I had a lot of women say to me is, well, I just don't know if we're intellectually compatible. I've had some men say that to me too, but more often women say that. That's fine if the answer is that they're not, they're not. And that's important to you, that's important to you. But this is the little caveat that I want you to think about. Intellectual compatibility for a woman sometimes is validation. I want to be able to just sit and chat and chat and chat and have them go, wow, that's cool. Or I'm sorry that happened. Or wow, you did the right thing. Or just make some comments and encourage the conversation to keep going so that I find some relief, much like What happens when I'm sitting around talking with my girlfriend? He may be offering solutions or doing some of the fix-it things that men do in conversations. And this conversation is really short. So the way we explain it, the language we use to explain it sometimes is, I don't feel like they're very intellectual. But what that really might mean is, is he very emotionally aware? Is he solving problems too quickly? Do I not feel validated? Because that's a communication issue that can be resolved. And 
an opportunity for you guys to still discuss things and feel quite intellectual. But because emotional compatibility is quite often connected to the way we talk, sometimes we describe it as intellectual. So just my little tip there to check in on that one. So we've so far on the RISES acronym, we have gone through recreational and intellectual compatibility. Come right back and we're going to talk about the next three. The Dating Counselor Podcast Season 5 is brought to you by Bonded. Bonded is Utah's first permanent jeweler. It was created by two childhood best friends that wanted an exciting bonding experience, you know, like getting a friendship tattoo, but, you know, with less commitment. When they couldn't find a bonding experience like that, they created one, and they created it with permanent jewelry. Permanent jewelry is unique because it doesn't have a clasp, and it's custom fit to you. So it's bonded onto you with a spark or with a flame. I really love the beautiful jewelry that they offer. You can do chain jewelry and they released recently their own exclusive bonded bangles. All of their jewelry is 14 karat gold or sterling silver and it can be worn every day. I'm always talking with you guys about connection and bonded jewelry, I feel like, is this really unique way to remind yourself of someone special that you're then bonded to, or maybe a significant life event, or even a commitment that you've made. I really know that you're going to love bonded jewelry as much as you love the meaning behind it. Learn more about them on Instagram at Bonded Bracelets, or head over to bondedbracelets.com to schedule your bonding experience. Okay, we are on the S of our acronym RISES in talking about compatibility. And this S stands for spiritual. Spiritual compatibility can be religion, it can be uh, practices with a higher power, or just in the way that you involve spirituality in your life or don't. Uh, This area of compatibility can be one of the top concerns that bring people in for counseling or coaching because they're not sure if they're compatible in this area. So I want to be really clear about some ideas and tips that you can take with you in when it comes to this area. One of the things that will help, I'm going to read uh, a question that I got on one of my Sunday afternoon question and answer. Um, On Sunday afternoons on my Instagram, you can send me anonymous messages and I will respond to your question. I got this one a few weeks ago. The question says, I'm LDS and I'm interested in a man who isn't. We share almost all of the same values except religion. I feel connected to him and seen by him, but I'm so afraid I'm making the wrong choice by pursuing him. Is this a personal issue or am I really wrong to pursue someone who does not share my beliefs? Such a real question, and I feel like, you know, just the sincerity under which this woman asked is really important to me to honor. And, you know, so many have asked the same question, regardless of if you're LDS or another denomination. One of the things that's important to delineate here, I think, is are your beliefs and your practices. Sometimes a certain religious affiliation will have certain beliefs that they adhere to and believe in. And those beliefs uh, can also come with morals and values that are are correlated. 
but then there's practices which are behaviors that you do that are associated with your religion. I think that having the same religious uh, affiliation can be a very important thing, but even inside of that, your beliefs inside of your religion may not be the same, even if it's the same denomination, and your practices may not be the same. For example, in the LDS faith, which uh, I am a member of, that we have an opportunity to fast. And when you fast, the idea is that you fast for 24 hours and you donate the money that you would have spent on that uh, meal to the fast offering funds and in the in the church and they help distribute that to the poor and needy. Some people say 24 hours, some people say two meals because I think the the it reads the exact same way. So the two meals could be considered breakfast and lunch. Well, let's say you wanted to have an early three o'clock dinner. Does that count or does that not count? Is it the full 24 hours or is it not? Everybody kind of follows this practice a little bit differently. Does it make you better or worse? And whose job is it to judge? This is the area that I feel like you can have some contention in a relationship if you are going to become each other's policemen when it comes to how you practice your religion. Are you going to police when when and how and all, how long they pray or when they study scripture or how often they go to temple or these things that um, you have your own individual beliefs and your values and you have your own individual practices and they have their own individual practices. Again, the behaviors of that and compatibility may not be completely the same. And I think it's important to note that spirituality is experienced by everybody individually. Even when you're of the same belief system, you practice your belief systems probably differently. And that's going to either create harmony inside of your relationship or it's going to create a lot of tension and discomfort. And whose job is it to make them comply or do or behave? It's not yours as your as a partner. It's their job to do what they feel is best for them to do. The important thing to think about here is how you're living your life and how you guys are problem solving. If your values are similar and your practices are accepted and celebrated and acknowledged by your partner and uh, not discouraged or made fun of or you feel less than or diminished, then it, it's, it could be that living life together, even if you don't have the same religious denomination, is something that would work out. Uh, it's, it's an individual decision, but I think that creating harmony in this area is something that you have to work out together and you need to work at it together regardless of even if you are of the same religious practice, or excuse me, religious organization by name. The next area of our RISE's acronym is emotional. The E stands for emotional. We talked a little bit about emotional compatibility when it comes to intellectual and how sometimes people get that mixed up. So let's really dive into what emotional compatibility truly looks like. So when you look at the word emotions, think of the feeling words, happy, sad, angry, annoyed, frustrated. So I want to look at this initially by their emotional and your emotional vocabulary. Not necessarily the expression of the emotions or in the way that you express emotions or don't, but what is their emotional vocabulary? 
do they have an emotional vocabulary? Do they understand that the human body carries with it emotions and that they will be expressed in some way and that having an emotional vocabulary, meaning using words to describe uh, your emotion, can enhance a relationship because you're able to allow your partner to step closer to you and relate and validate or to give you some space as you need to process or just to be in close proximity to give you some physical comfort by holding your hand or offering an arm or something like that when you need some support but you don't necessarily want to use words. This is an area that uh, where most communication problems happen in a relationship because creating that shared language of emotional vocabulary and words can be really tricky. So I would suggest when you're looking here to just start by having conversations and, and, you know, asking them for information about themselves and things and trying that age old psychotherapy term called, well, how did that make you feel? Really, people don't like to talk about how they feel about things because they feel like they're going to feel stupid or that someone will judge them in a, in a wrong way or you know, they're going to present it with a lot of bravado because they're going to establish with you how great they are. However, that is, you're just trying to create a safe place for feelings to be present. It's not easy. It's just, it's not easy. This is gonna, this is a journey um, for you and for them. But emotional compatibility to me looks more like we're both willing to try and we don't want to give up. If you kind of find yourself in an area or with a partner that just doesn't want to try or isn't going to come forward, there's not a lot you can do. And it's really sad. You create a space for them to come in and you say, you know, the door's open or you say knock or something and they ha they have to be able to come forward and if they don't you can gently invite and wait but you have to wait for them to come forward just you know be nice to yourself <laughs> if that's something that has happened to you before or if it's something that kind of keeps happening again encouraging everyone to have an emotional vocabulary is i think something we're doing better culturally at i know i feel like we're raising this these next generations to be more culturally intelligent excuse me emotionally intelligent and culturally intelligent, but just to be more aware of what happens in their body and like how to work out those emotions in a healthy way. Okay, I'm actually gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and talk about the last area of compatibility. The last area of compatibility on our RISES acronym is the S and it stands for sexual compatibility. Sexual compatibility means that we both are committed to an intimate relationship or we have understand each other's commitment, meaning that they are not committed, they're not interested, um, they are somewhat interested or they are interested. If you are not interested in a sexual relationship and you decide to partner with someone who is, you're going to be incompatible sexually. Uh, some people re refer to this as a low desire partner or a high desire partner, but I think you need to kind of take responsibility in a sense and just say, I'm just not interested. Some people have a lower sex drive due to hormones or just lack of interest in general, um, maybe bad past sexual experiences um, or something of that nature, but you're entitled to not want it. It's, it's not, you don't have to want to have sex. Uh, but if you partner with someone who does, you're going to have problems. There's going to be an incompatibility issue. Um, sometimes people have had bad sexual experiences inside a relationship and, and therefore it changes or something in their desire changes. That's pretty normal. Not necessarily that you're having bad experiences, but just that, you know, you may not have the greatest sexual experience sometime. And then you're like, eh, if it's going to be like that, I don't want to keep doing it because maybe it wasn't very pleasurable or 
it was too long or it was too short or whatever your concern is. So the idea of compatibility would be to determine if this is an area that you're both committed in working towards having a healthy space in your life. The idea of committing to that means that then whatever is happening, highs or lows or or experiences that are less than you, what you want, you're working those out and you're creating an opportunity to continuously uh, be available to talk about it and kind of uh, re-experience and, and try to get on the same page. Sex is a journey with your partner. You both decide and talk about what it means for you and that if it's important to you as an individual that you find a partner who it's also important to and is willing to go on the journey of uh, figuring out how that can be pleasurable for them and that they identify themselves as being a sexual person who is interested in having that in their life. So in a nutshell, that one just means like you got to talk about it and see if that's something you're interested in. The ebb and flow of all of that is going to is going to come as you as an individual figure out what your sexuality is and uh, you want to have find someone who's going to be honest and committed to being on the same page with you. Now, this RISES acronym comes from uh, someone called Spirit. She's on Instagram at Talk to Spirit. I can't give you like a specific uh, Instagram post or something, uh, something I learned from her in a YouTube video. And I've really, uh, really enjoyed being able to explain compatibility this way because I think it gives you a good synopsis of what to look for. These are really good ways that you can kind of create dates. I mean, how fun would it be to be like, oh, we have done a lot of intellectual conversations over dinner. We should go out and do something fun. Let's get some recreational compatibility going or spiritual. Let's go figure out what we like there. Uh, these are some opportunities that you have to be able to kind of stage dates and create some some time to spend together and figure it out. The idea is always to be your authentic self. If you're uncomfortable, to be uncomfortable. If you're happy, to be happy to tell your face and to share that with your partner. That always gives them a good idea of what it's like to be with you so that they're not guessing. Rises, R-I-S-E-S, recreational, intellectual, spiritual, emotional, and sexual. Areas of compatibility to look at. Thank you so much for listening today. I love, love you. I really hope that this episode finds you dating the person of your dreams. But if it doesn't, be sure to send this to someone who needs it, to listen again, and to jump into my deep podcast history and find an episode that will speak to your soul, get you on the direction that you want to go in dating because you are gorgeous. Love you and thanks for being here. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dating Counselor Podcast. I'm Lonnie Harmon and I am a licensed clinical social worker. I'm on a mission to help singles navigate the modern dating world. You can learn more about my course, Foundations for Modern Dating, at thedatingcounselor.com slash courses. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at The Dating Counselor, or email me at Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at thedatingcounselor.com. You'll find a full list of everything mentioned in this episode in the show notes at thedatingcounselor.com slash podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love if you pass it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Thank you again for tuning in. See you soon.